Swing and a miss. 0-2. Oh All right, so he came with two pitches on the outside part of the plate. What do you think he comes with next, son? Well, he had him flat out the, out, the low and away slider, and then he had it uh, down with the down and away changeup. So I am convinced he's coming here with a little inside heater action. All right, and here comes the pitch. Swing and a miss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and you're listening to the Inside Heater Podcast. My name's Elijah, along with... I'm here with Sutton. I'm Sutton. <laughs> first, couple, first couple games of, of the spring training, we're off to a great start. It's begun. Not too, many, yeah, not too many injuries. We're finally here. You know, owners did not get what they wanted, that one-month delay, because supposedly, you know, that's going to help the players stay healthy. But, you know, so far, so good. Yeah, man, it's been great to see ballplayers back at the field. Um, great seeing games going on again. And just the fact we can kind of – I don't know, man. I don't know about you, but, like, whenever spring training starts, even though these games do not mean a thing, once you go for like a couple-month break of not watching live baseball, it just it's so nice to be back, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, same here, man. I just wish more games were broadcasted, especially last night's game. You know, being a biased, yeah. being a biased Yankee fan, I wanted to see Corey Kluber in action. Uh, I wanted to see that Apataco that Gary Sanchez hit. You know, spring training does matter to an extent because you need, we need to see Gary right again. You know, you need to see Shohei Tani right again. And, you know, so far so good in this first week so far. Um, I'm real like, I'm really excited for this season, especially considering like during the off season, we don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. And, you know, me and you touched on that, uh, that Gary Sanchez over the batter's eye home run, right? And uh, I don't know if you saw it, but I, I had a pretty good – I had a solid vantage point to catch that one uh, live at Steinbrenner Field. Look <laughs> at you. We'll talk about Dude, that a little bit later. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, man. All right. So just like last week, we're going to start off with some very upsetting news. Um, this time with the whole Callaway situation, Mickey Callaway situation with the Angels and Mets and Indians. Um been in the news for a while but last night another well not last night but yesterday another article came out from the athletic from Brittany Gil Gilhorley she that's a really tough name um and katie strang so it's pretty much talking about how a bunch of women came out with allegations against mickey calloway for being a creep pretty much and trying to like make advances on them and constantly harassing them whether it be through social media like linkedin um he would talk to players asking all right, where are where's the beef? This isn't quotes. Where's the beef? And in terms of like trying to make advances on women, like trying to figure out where the attractive women were in the stands, and he would stare at players' girlfriends. This guy, it sucks that he's still technically employed by the Angels. You know, we're right now we have this whole full women's belonging sports movement, which is awesome, and it sucks we're seeing this type of news because now we know exactly how tough. It is for women in sports. The good news part is that now they're feeling more comfortable coming out. And, you know, eventually sports hopefully will be a better place for, for women. And because we're already seeing, like, Kim Aang coming out and becoming the general manager of the Marlins. We've seen the Giants hiring Alyssa as one of the coaches. The Yankees have a minor league hitting coach named Rachel. And so it's finally, like, they're finally getting roles in, in baseball, which is nice. And what, what are your takes on? Yeah, man, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying right there. Um when you see actions like this from guys who I would say, you know, when you're a pitching coach or when you're in the coaching staff, you're kind of seen as like the leaders of that clubhouse in a sense. And, you know, to see that kind of behavior from a guy who's been with multiple organizations now in some pretty key roles uh, 
it's it's not cool. It's not cool. You you really do hate seeing things like this, um, and I, I feel like it only really puts a bad light on the game of baseball as a whole. Because um, now, I mean, this is like what the second or third one this year in this off season that's come out, like a yeah, report about. Know, the... Go ahead. So, well, like what I'm saying, man, it's like it's 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 a bad look for baseball all around. Uh, it does the game a total disservice in you know promoting exclusivity and diversity within the game. Um, and especially now in these times where I feel like people are more alert to stuff like that than they ever were before. Um, and people are, have a platform where they feel like they can comfortably come out about it and actually have their voice heard. Uh, stuff like that can't be going on and it shouldn't have been going on. Um, so I, I don't know what this means for Mickey Calloway, if this means he's going to be out of baseball or, or what the repercussions are going to be, but um, it, it's not good, man. It's not good. You know, it's kind of the elephant in the room on the Yankees when it comes to the uh, Domingo Harmonic situation. And now you have this Vicky Calloway situation and it, it's just, it's just not a good look for the game. So um, hopefully we'll stop hearing about stuff like this and it can just be eventually ideally phased out of the game. But um, yeah, man, it, it, it sucks that in a time where, like you said, with um, Tim Ang and, and other women getting the chance in baseball, that there's still folks out there who are trying to push that back, it feels. Yeah, and hopefully Mickey Calloway loses a job with the Angels. You know, there's, like, I understand there's people that still think process play out, but with this much evidence that's coming out, this guy should be gone by now. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's some legal stuff going on behind the scenes between the Angels and Mickey Calloway and his agents, whatnot, and lawyers. He should he should never get another job in baseball. You know, this is much bigger than a game. This is not bang bang trash can cheating. You know, this is literally not letting the game grow whatsoever. Like keeping people out of baseball mainly because they don't feel comfortable among the players. It's hurting the game coverage. Um, but it's good to see that more people willing to speak up, like I was saying earlier today. Yeah, man. I mean, like, look at this. Uh, like, think about all the sports management majors right now, right? All the women in sports management, all the women in college looking who want to work in baseball one day. What do, you, what do you think their parents see when they read a report like that, that women in baseball are getting harassed by, by you know, the men of the organization, you know? And, like, what do you think those women are feeling as they're going through school, grinding away through classes, you know, hoping just to pursue a career in the game that we all loved. And you see stuff like that and you just, it's, it's discouraging to see that it still goes on. Um, especially where it's like, this isn't the first time this has happened, but it, this shouldn't have happened. You know, there should have been a last time that something like this happened and we don't talk about it anymore. But the fact that like, it's still going on and it has been going on is it's something that needs to be addressed. And I, I kind of agree with you, man. I don't know where you go from this without, or with Callaway keeping his job after a situation like this. Yeah, not only is this on the Angels, but it's on the Indians and the Mets. Yeah. And right off the bat, the first, the headline of the athletic articles, um, the worst kept secret, what the Indians MLB really knew about Mickey Callaway's behavior. See, they knew literally, about it. Yeah, literally an entire organization knows how bad this guy this guy was. How do the Mets not know about what's going on behind the scenes of Indians organization? How did Absolutely. he get the job to manage the Mets? I mean, make all the jokes you want about the Mets being a joke and everything. But 
This is really, really horrible. That this guy was able to get employed by three different teams. Um, yeah, with knowledge about this stuff going got, around, man. Right. And then Callaway actually earned a nickname. Um, actually, I'm not going to actually repeat that because we're trying to stay family friendly. But, uh, <laughs> Y'all can go find it on your own time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you want to go read The Athletic, you know, if you're not free out of here for The Athletic, if you're a sports fan, baseball fan, you have to have a subscription to, to The Athletic. Yeah, it's a free ad right there. Good quality baseball content. Yeah, man. And it, like, kind of like you touched on it, where it's bigger than baseball. This isn't something that's acceptable in any workplace, and let alone something like baseball. Especially when you have yeah. like yeah. a professional organization like MLB, where they have so many eyes and ears on it at all times. And like to like the main, the, I would say the general public is going to perceive this as like a major league baseball coach gets in trouble for making female workers feel uncomfortable more than it will like an individual team. Like I'm sure the names will come about, but because he's played with multiple organizations, I feel like this falls in the league uh, as a whole more than it does like one individual organization. Oh yeah, for sure. Like we saw with Jared Porter, he got recommended by the job um, for the job by the Cubs, you know, and the Cubs knew a little bit of the allegations, I believe. And the fact he was still able to get that job with the Mets, granted he got fired like two me- two out like two weeks after getting hired by the Mets. Yeah, it's really unfortunate stuff that's going on. And like you're talking about how this is a probably league wide thing, and it's not a good eyes in the general public. You know, this is horrible for MLB because MLB is trying to grow the, their game, to trying to get more diverse fandom. And then you hear about this, and they're like, oh. You know, MLB guys are just a bunch of, you know, bad people. Oh, I mean, wife beating creeps, you know? Yeah. But that's not the reflection you want for the league. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. So, into some more lighter news, well, lighter, whatever your opinion is. Some more stuff from the athletic last night. MLB officially is pretty much done trying to get expanded playoffs. And we are not going to see Universal DH this this year, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, that sucks. Evan Drillich of The Athletic as well. So what are your thoughts on Expand MLB postseason and Universal DH? Honestly, when I first heard it, I was like, you know what? This is 2020 is going to be one of those seasons where the weird stuff is going to happen. So we might as well just throw it all on the wall and see what sticks. And honestly, I kind of like the wild card round. It, it gave the MLB playoffs this, like, I don't know if March Madness is the right word, but it, it gave it, like, that kind of, like, energy where it's like, listen, these are best two out of three. You can win the division, but you can get pop in this first round. Um, and so I thought it just – that Oakland and Chicago series, to me, was one of the best series of the entire playoffs. So I, I feel like I, – I think that's something that probably comes back. So – I, I hope they bring that back. I think it's better for the game, and it gets more teams and more fans involved with, you know, October baseball. Um, when it, yeah, man. I mean, like, what's another series? It's like more playoff tickets, more playoff suites, everything. More playoff broadcasts. But uh, when it comes to the universal DH, that's another thing, man. I, I don't understand why it's not in the game already. I, I think it was something that really worked last year. And I, I like the way it looked. I love seeing pitchers hit a home run, but I love it because it happens so rarely. You know what I mean? Like, this is not something that's happening on, like, a regular basis, Um, and it's kind of like a special occasion when it does happen. So 
I don't think we need to keep it. Whereas, like, I'd rather see a guy like JD Martinez have an ex- like an extended career because of a universal DH than I would seeing like Max Scherzer hit a home run or like Madison Baumgartner. You know, I'd rather see yeah. the hitter, the great hitters of our game, continue to be able to play as opposed to watching, you know, the same guy or like the same spot in the lineup go down on four punch outs. But what about you? Yeah, know, what's, my- what's your stance on that? My thoughts on the expanded postseason, you've heard my thoughts, you know, in the first episode that we recorded and we lost it. Um, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of half the league, like like you were discussing as well. And I can, I guess I would be fine with 12 teams. I just don't want it to end up being like other sports, you know, where too many teams get into playoffs to the point where what's the point of winning the division, you know? Um, and I agree, you know, they've seen the Marlins beat that do that series in the against the Cubs was pretty cool. You know, especially since they're a small market team, they're not really supposed to be making the playoffs just yet. Um pretty nice scene. Zeus Aguilar smoking that cigar, just being like very <laughs> chillax after after winning the division winning the division yeah. series. Lockhart series. That was pretty cool. And yeah, in some form if they can make it work to the point where there's still some meaning to the division, I guess I'll be fine with expanded postseason. And as for Universal DH I want that so badly. I'm um, like you said. I am do not want to see pitchers getting punched out four times four times a game. You know, um, and it does extend guys' careers. And you know, Marcelo Zuna, that guy would have had a lot more. That guy would have gotten a lot more money if Universal DH was a thing. Absolutely. Um, I Braves, yeah, I think the Braves just waited until his price went down because of the fact that he had they had less teams to bid with. If there was a universal DH, he definitely would have had other national teams involved, and he would have been able to like price match, whatever you want to call it, or negotiate it better. Um, same thing with Nelson Cruz. That guy went back to the Twins mainly because the Twins were really the team that needed DH. Whereas if the National League was getting the universal DH, they he would have been able to go to National League team. Um, and then Albert Pools, we talked about this in the last podcast. You know, it'd be kind of nice to see him go back to St. Louis, but there's no place for him in St. Louis besides DH. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And last year, they used Universal DH because it was, like, for health issues-wise for pitchers. So, I don't understand. Like, MLB knows that having a pitcher bat is not good for the health, and it can lead to potential problems. So, why isn't it not a thing for now on? You know yeah, I mean? man. Well, and there's been enough injuries from it. Like, uh, who was it? I think it was Wainwright that tore his Achilles hitting. Is that how I'm thinking of? Yeah. Then you have Tanaka who strained both his hamstrings. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if, if there's proof that these guys, like, I'm not saying hitting hurts pitchers. It doesn't do any service, like, uh, any favors, though. And at the end of the day, it's like, like I said, it's cool seeing guys like Grinky hit a home run every now and then. But, like, it's more, I'd rather see a DH on all 30 teams than uh, a pitcher home run ever again. <laughs> yeah. And actually, you, Darvish, um, brought something up that I was kind of like, I was like, that, that would seem like a good idea, but having like pitchers decide whether they want to hit or not. So obviously, Bumgarner would want to hit. Yeah, that's Scherzer, fair. Yeah, Scherzer would want to hit, even though he's not that good of a hitter, but I know he likes being a National League because he wants to hit. Um, Granky's a good hitter. I think he's won like, Three silver sluggers, something like that. Wow. Um, not entirely sure about like the number amount he did. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad idea. I, I think that's a good kind of like meet in the middle kind of thing. 
um, where you give like the manager and the guy in the bump the chance to kind of make that call. Uh, and like, okay, because like there's going to be pitchers who like genuinely go up there and want nothing to do with hitting, you know. And so it gives those guys a chance to say, you know what, okay, I don't care about my abs. Let's go ahead and give it to another guy who's actually going to help the team um, on that side of the field. And you know, it'll give me more, a better chance to go out and get the W today. Um, and I can just focus on pitching. Whereas, like you said, some guys like the Scherzers, the Bumgarners, the Grinkies, they're going to want to hit. But, like, they've obviously shown they have enough talent to, like, actually be a competitive out some of the time. <laughs> yeah. And you see the it's, American League pitchers, you know, they just stand there in the box either, if there's no runner on base to bunt over. And they're just like... They're taking three pitches. Yeah. I don't want any part of this. I don't want to get hit by pitch. I don't want to... I just want to stand there duty at bat and get out of there go back to pitching yeah yeah man i I hope they bring it back next year i'm optimistic that with the new cba that's going to be a part of it um and i i feel like because they're testing it now it's got to be something they're at least thinking about for the long term but yeah i do want to get your take on this one guy individual who actually can hit and pitch and i'm talking about one shohei otani uh do you think otani the Otani we saw, what was it, his rookie year? Do you think he's back, or is this the guy who really can't stay healthy and is not that good of a hitter? Which Otani do you think we're going to see in 2021? He needs to be back. He needs to be the next face of Japanese baseball in the majors. Um, you know, Tanaka's gone. He was a huge, huge guy in the States about Japanese, with the Japanese market and everything. So Otani really needs to step up, you know, and I want him to step up you know although you know Anduhar deserved that rookie of the year in my opinion um Otani like he, he will be great for the game if he's able to show his talent again and that was an absolute bomb he hit yesterday it was a nuke With that it was a nuke a, yeah in the dead ball era he just said no no I'm pulling over the batter's eye for you yeah so what are your impressions about the dead ball by the way like yeah, I know you were at a game. Did you see any balls that you were like, oh, that's a home run? And then you're like, oh, wait, that's not a home run. I forgot the dead ball. So I I didn't notice anything. I have a hard time kind of noticing that stuff off rip, especially in like, I think this was like the, the Yankees' second game. So it's like there's not a lot of time for like to compare and contrast what you've seen just because we're, look- we're working with a smaller sample size. Um, from what I could tell, I mean, the ball that Gary Sanchez hit was like absolutely crushed and you knew it off the bat. The ball that uh, Chris Gittens hit, the grand slam, that was a ball off the bat you knew was absolutely gone. So from that aspect, I honestly couldn't tell there was anything with like different about the baseball. Um, I I just noticed that like, and this might have been because I this is this is my first game since like pre-COVID. So like I think the last time I was at a game was like July of 2019, but the ball just looked like it was coming off harder off the bat. Um, and like I said, that could be the nostalgia of not seeing the game in a while. Uh, kicking in, but I don't know, man. Just everything looked hot off the bat, um, and everything sounded good. But yeah, I I could not tell there was anything dead about the ball whatsoever from like an in-person fan's perspective on that. Yeah, um, based off the videos I've been watching, though, like most of the homers, they you know they're gone for sure. So you're not seeing those. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up right here, but Yahoo's being. It, it's a monster right shot. It's a monster shot. I'm, can I share my screen with you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, dude, I, this ball was just absolutely destroyed. Boom. 
Jesus. And just like that pitch, that pitch was was on the uh, rewind a little bit. Yeah. Let's see where that pitch was. Ooh, two seam fastball running down and away a little bit. Well, it was middle away, but it was yeah. run down. And he just barreled that one right up. Yeah, no, that was a ball that was just absolutely annihilated. So, what do you think he's going to do for the Cubs? Do you think Jock Peterson's going to be like a mainstay in that lineup, or is he just going to kind of, you know... I think he's trade bait. Really? Yeah, play, play him often, and then, depending on whether you're in or out, just trade him around. You know, it's a one-year deal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You already see the Cubs cutting their costs, trading you, Darvish, um, getting ready to trade Chris Bryant, but they never did him. Did that? Thank and God, dude. They let John Lester go to the Nationals, and oh, John Lester is about to have surgery actually on his kidney, his thyroid gland removed, so he's gonna be off for a little bit. Just as a side note. Oh, um, why not? But yeah, I just see the Cubs trying to just use Jock Peterson's trade bait. Remember who was an Angel for like two hours last year? Bro, I wanted that trade so bad because I think they'd be a really good outfit. But <laughs> you know, Trout. Uh, Upton and Jock Peterson all in the same outfield. Kind of nasty. Now you got Joe Adele even up there. It's, I think it would have been a good move for him. And it would have gone Ross Stripling too, who's a pretty good guy. Yeah. And, bro, well, and that's why I think about kind of Otani too. Is like The biggest problem for the Angels is, the, is pitching, right? And if Otani can come out and just absolutely deal like kind of people expect him to be, the only thing he has to be is a two guy. They don't need him to be an ace. It'd be nice if he was, but, like, if they just give him something to where, like, he gives them a chance to win ballgames, the offense is going to carry him. So if he can go out and give up, like, three or four runs at the start, I feel like that offense is going to outscore a lot of teams. But the, I just feel like if he's right, he can be a great piece to that lineup and then just be another, another phenomenal guy in the mound. So, um yeah, man, fingers crossed he can come back and be the, the guy he was in 2018. So I think they definitely need it. And, I mean, that could be the X factor between them making the playoffs or not. Yeah, for sure, because the Angels didn't do much to address their pitching. Um, and with Otani, like I was saying, that guy, we lost Tanaka and MLB. So they really need Otani to still bring in a Japanese market. That's right. Um, Who, who's the other Japanese player in the game? Is there anybody else? The Rays, Yoshi Sotsugo, I think his name. He's Japanese, but his last year was not good whatsoever. Oh. So right now, the only big face of Japanese baseball is Otani right now. Jeez. Um, yeah, and hopefully Tanaka comes back. That's just me being a biased Yankee fan there. Yeah. I got a little side note about uh, international baseball. Um, Eric Thames is actually, I think, playing over in, it's not Korea. It might be Japan. He, uh, I, I didn't know he left MLB, but apparently he's back overseas again. NPB baseball. Yeah, the Yorimori Giants. Yeah, that's Japan. Yeah, so uh, yeah, apparently he was like the guy over in Korea, and like it makes sense because I mean he has a career three forty nine batting average, <laughs> one hundred twenty four home runs in three seasons, and three hundred eighty two rippies. So uh, that's a it's <laughs> a pretty good stat line in professional baseball, regardless of where you're playing. Yeah, and then the Brewers came out of nowhere and signed him to that three-year deal. And he had a great first month. <laughs> yeah. A phenomenal, phenomenal first month. Since we were talking about the Brewers, how about Jackie Bradley Jr. to the Brewers for two years, 24 mil right there? Dude, they're actually – I like that. I like that move a lot. 
You've gotten Colton Wong this offseason, and now you have an outfield with Locaine, Yelich, uh, and Jackie Bradley, man, and even Avisel Garcia. So, I mean, even if he's like a fourth outfitter platoon guy uh, with Lorenzo Kane, or I don't know where he fits in that lineup entirely, but he's a good pickup. I'm, I'm surprised to see he was out in the market this long. I really thought he was going to go back to Boston, or I've heard reports of Houston at some point. Um, but, no, I, I definitely think this is the Brew Crew is getting a guy who's uh, – He's gonna hit for average and you know be a competitive or be a defensive force out there. Um, so definitely a good pickup for him. But uh, what's your take on it? Huge fan. Not many balls are laying in the gap at all between uh, uh, Lorenzo, Cleolich, uh, and Bradley. We've seen the plays that Bradley can do as, as a East Coast fan. He's a nasty guy. Hey man, he's Superman out in Boston. Too. Yeah, he just needs to get back to his. Being able to hit again. He had like a 30 game hit streak, right? Back in 2016, maybe? Yeah, I think that was his best year hitting wise. Yeah, probably 2016, most likely. Okay. You know who the Brewers also have? I didn't know they had. Daniel Vogelbach. Remember that guy? Yeah, this would be a huge guy in Seattle. And then he, he was massive. Out. Yeah. Just this machine. I think he was traded from the Cubs to the Seattle Mariners for somebody. I can't think of the name right now. And then he got traded to the Blue Jays. And then he got designated for Simon a couple days later. And then he's back with the Brewers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro, he's the kind of guy I feel like if he just like, if he made consistent contact and just kind of hit a little bit more for average, he'd be like a pretty good big league talent. I mean, like that's a guy who'd be like a really good DH right there in the National League team as well, ironically enough. Yeah, he would be a great fit for for the Brew Crew if they had a DH. Because, like, oh. there's literally... Everybody on that roster can hit for the most part. And field. Yeah. Granted, Abigail Garcia probably would have been a DH as well. They would have, like, rotated between now, like, between... What's it called? Between at-bats, whatever you want to call it. Like, depending on the lineups and stuff. Oh, like the platoon? Yeah, platoon. That's what the word is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, they, they're definitely a competitive team. And I feel like that's a... I don't... No, off the top of my head, who's really they're working with pitching wise, but um, in the relief oh, department, well, no, like in the I meant for starters, but like for like oh, okay. the relief department, yeah, man, they are filthy. They got yeah, hated, so and then Devin Williams, a little breakout season last year. Yeah, the rotation looks like this according to the depth chart: uh, Brandon Woodruff, uh, Corbin Burns, Adrian Hauser. You got Brett Anderson, Josh Lindblom, who I think came back from Korea. Yeah, and I mean, Yelich has to have a better year than he did last year. I don't think that's a question, though. Oh, yeah. I think, I think he's any, going to. I think any player that had a rough year last year will bounce back, really, just because last year was just so weird. Yeah, um, I, I, I keep a lot of stock in Yelich. Yeah, and that goes for, like I was saying, that goes probably goes for everybody, because same thing with, like, looks like, looks like with Lindblom, he actually did pitch last year, you know, but didn't pitch so good, 5.16 ERA. Ooh. But he was just coming back out of Korea, you know? Yeah. He just needed some time to get used to it. And you also got Gary Sanchez, who I think is also going to have a good bounce back here, hopefully. He looks um, good. He looks good early on. Yeah, two bombs already. He he had another one yesterday, right? Yeah, it was an Apotaco. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, didn't uh they didn't broadcast last night's game because I wanted to see Kluber's debut and then Dietrich hit a home run. I, I can't even see it. Something like that. Um, prayers up for Aaron Boone, who needed surgery, 
for to get a pacemaker put in. Suppose he's doing well. He's doing well recovery. He should be back. He's within the next forty eight hours. <laughs> oh really? He's a, yeah, he's a gamer. Wow, that was, that's quick, man. <laughs> that is quick. I I thought he'd be at least gone for like half the season. Oh no. Wow. Nah. Well, he had he had heart surgery back in 2009 when he was still playing, and then he came back for 10 games, and then ultimately retired, and then went to the ESPN broadcast booth. Then Yankee manager, as we all know, and now he has a pacemaker, and then he'll be good to go. Yeah. So, do you are they have to take like any extra precautions with him? Like, because that's something I would consider to be like an underlying condition. So, like, obviously, he's probably gonna be more susceptible to COVID. I have no idea if he's gotten the vaccine or anything like that. But do you think that the Yankees are going to have to kind of approach that a little bit more carefully since he now has his pacemaker? Based off his persona, I honestly don't think, honestly don't think he really cares. <laughs> That's what I thought not as well. Not in terms of like COVID or anything like that. I just, mean, I just don't think he cares. Like, you know, he's like, oh, it's just a bump in the road. I'll just keep living my life how I normally do, you know? That's what I mean. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I agree with you on that one, man. Yeah. Yep. And so since we're talking about the Yankees right now, let's talk about your first game, man. How did it oh. feel? How weird? Was it any weird seeing, like, all the masks and everything? Granted, it's Florida, so some masks. <laughs> <laughs> so funny story, actually, with that. Uh, I bought my ticket a couple days before the game, but I didn't actually get my ticket in my hand till about 15 minutes before first pitch. Uh, barely made it inside. Um, had a couple issues with transferring it over from the person I bought it from. But, it, yeah, man, I honestly like the limited capacity. Um, it, pretty much the grandstand or the like the seated tickets didn't really have too many people there. Um, they were all even pretty evenly spaced out, and they had, like, zip ties between people that would, like, zip, t- uh, zip tie the seats closed so, like, no one could come up and sit next in, like, those unsold seats. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah Okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So they did that. Um, they were pretty, like, between innings, they'd be like, hey, just making sure here at Steinbrenner Field, you are required to wear your masks unless you're actively eating or drinking. But I just had a beer in front of me the whole time and just really kind of chilled back, um, kept six feet away from everybody. Um, the Yankees, I feel like, are doing it kind of the best uh, in the terms of these, like, these standing room only tickets. Man, it is phenomenal, man. You just, like, a ticket was like 20 bucks. You get there, um, and like they have these white chairs along the outfield wall where you can just walk up and sit, and you're basically right behind the wall. Um, no plexiglass or anything in front of the wall, but I did see they had it behind like home plate and I think near the dugouts as well. Um, but this is like – I was kind of scared going to a ball game in 2021 just because I am a, a huge stickler for having good seats. I will wait and go to one game a year, but that one game a year, we're going to have some great seats. And uh, – I'm a little. I was a little bit worried about how that would be with like, okay, now there really isn't any quote unquote front row seats because you know they want to keep that 12 foot buffer between the players and the fans. Uh, but I felt this was a, the best way uh, to experience that, and this was my first time going since the renovations at Tonight Brenner Field, so it's definitely much more I feel fan friendly than it used to be. But yeah, man, it it was just phenomenal being out there. Great to catch a live ball game again. It, when you're just sitting there, you're getting cooked by the sun, but it's like, man, this is March baseball right here, and you missed it. Tentatively make plans without committing to them sort of thing. But, um, yeah, you can end up getting them real cheap if you wait till like a day or two before. 
So, yeah, I, I'm actually – I'm looking at going again hopefully this weekend if I can get lucky and get some tickets. But, um, yeah, it, I'm just on this, like, adrenaline rush now where it's like I got to go to more baseball games. But, yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm missing baseball so much. No, I was looking at more tickets, and, like, I saw $100, $120 per seat. I'm like, oh. Oh, that's steep. <laughs> yeah, that's steep. Yeah. That's one thing about about this limited capacity is that tickets are going to be, like, pretty high because teams are still trying to make – Make up for lost revenue from last year. Well, and the uh, resellers are even worse about it too. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like trying to get a PS5 right now. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, I think the Blue Jays are going to be playing uh, like two weeks in over in Dunedin, and I believe the Angels and the Yankees and somebody else are going to be playing uh, at that ballpark. But those are a couple games I want to go try to go catch because I went there. I think they've done renovations since I went, but um, I went Josh yeah, Donaldson's did. first year there. Um, so loved my loved going there. So I'd love to go there again for like a regular season game, and you know maybe go see old Mike Trout in the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I wish I really want to see Pujols before he goes. Yeah, good point. Angels are, yeah, Angels are the one team that I have not actually seen on the East Coast yet. Right. That's good to know. Yeah, I just try to see all thirty teams. Well, hey man, um, I believe it's a midweek series, but if you're down for the drive to Dunedin, I'll uh, I can take off work and we can pull it off. I'd be down. Yeah, if I can, get, if I can do cheap enough tickets, dude, I am all about going there. It's a nice ballpark. Yeah. I did not like it when I went. I went to go see a spring training game against the Braves. I had this guy next to me. It was the year that Justin Upton and BG Upton were on the same team. Um, oh, okay. I had this guy next to me. He was a huge guy. <laughs> well fed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he uh, was very gassy. Oh and no! I have never gone to a game and not sat. Like I have at least seen at least five innings of every game that I've been to until that day. I literally left after two innings. Really? I just couldn't. Yeah, I just couldn't deal with that. And like the seats were really close together. I was just claustrophobic. I'm like, Dad, I gotta go. I can't deal with this guy next to me. Oh and, like, no! So yeah, we left. Um, like, you guys completely left. You didn't even stand, like, in, like, find, like, a post to just chill up on and watch the game. You guys were just like, no, enough today. No, I, could, I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't. Anymore. I couldn't with that guy. <sighs> so bad. Yeah, and the reason why that we stay at least five innings is because, for the most part, when I go see the Yankees in the Rays, the Yankees get their butts handed to them by the Rays. So I typically leave around the seventh inning whenever I see the Yankees. Yeah, the yeah it's a short uh, ball game whenever they play, unfortunately. Yeah, dude. Yeah, especially that's that's kind of how I, like, I, uh... Oh, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. I, I, that's why I kind of like put the whole social distance thing at games now is like even though I was in like this quote unquote standing room only, I was still like a good six or so feet away from like the closest group next to me, and it's like man, this is the way like to enjoy sports games. You can kind of stretch your arms out, stretch your legs out. You're not bothering anybody. Um, you're not in your shoes where it's like you have somebody literally you know tooting on you. But um, yeah, man, I, I've been there before. I've been there before where you just sit next to the people and it's like listen. I'm not sure which armrest is necessarily designated for who, but uh, you don't need both of them. <laughs> yeah, back on the Yankees versus the Rays, I went to a three-game series thinking, okay, there's no way we're not going to catch a Yankee win. They get swept. <laughs> yep. Was that? Each what year was that? I believe in the seventh or eighth inning. It was in April, I want to say 2017, I want to say. Okay. Early 2016. I feel you, man. That, honestly, but... 
man. I wouldn't. The one thing that really. Oh, yeah. The one thing that if the six feet rule is still a thing in the postseason, which definitely probably will be, that's going to be one thing that's going to be really weird with. Because I remember going to the 2008 postseason between the Rays and Red Sox, game two, the ALCS. That stadium was electric. And it was like all the fans were together. You know, everybody's up against each other, just cheering. That's one thing that this obviously public health is is like supersedes all this. But that's one thing that's gonna be missing from this year baseball deck. That is just the atmosphere, you know. Man, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, man. Even though this was just a spring training game early on in spring. I kind of felt that even with the 2000 people there, like I, really? it, it didn't feel like there was less of a crowd, you know, uh, like the energy from a ball game was still there. You still got excited for the national anthem. Like you still like the hair on my arm was standing up during when like first pitch happened. Uh, they still like clap when they get down to, or like when the, uh, the home pitcher gets up two strikes on the guy, like it's still the energy I think is still there. And I, I don't think – I think last year it was totally gone because there was nobody there and you had a bunch of, kind of just cardboard cutouts smiling at you the whole time. But I feel like <laughs> this time now that you have real people there, even though it may not be a, a packed house, they're still going to kind of bring that energy and bring that excitement that comes to the, uh, go into like a, a big game. Yeah, I can see that actually now that I'm thinking about because, you know, people miss baseball last year that they're just wanting to go to a game and, you know, they just want to be – they're just happy to be there, you know. Absolutely. So Absolutely, man. Um, so we pretty much covered everything we wanted to today. Oh, can we hear one more thing, though, before we get before we go? Uh, Lou Gehrig Day just got announced today. And I believe – let me pull it up real quick. June 2nd, right? June 2nd. Now, are they all going to wear number four similar to, like, Jackie Robinson Day? Or is that, like uh, – is that just going to be, like, a patch on the jersey? Like, what is – do we know what that's all going to entail? I would assume that they would do – the patch, yeah. Let's see. It's gonna be annual league wide events. Okay, yeah. Players and managers will wear a, a jersey patch on the Yankees yeah, legend, as well as for for ALS wristband. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I like really that. Nice man. To be this. Yeah, I'm glad um, to see that. You got Roberto Clemente Day. You have Jackie Robinson Day, and now you have Lou Gehrig Day. So, all three guys who were who were bigger than the game of baseball. Um, and I feel like you know. The, the light that's kind of been shined on ALS since, like, the whole ice bucket challenge, that momentum's kind of stayed a little bit. Obviously, it's not as strong as it was, you know, back then. But um, I'm glad to see the league has kind of taken a uh, taken a side on this and, you know, showing some awareness to, to Luke Gehrig and Luke Gehrig's disease and all that. Yeah, it's really nice what baseball's doing, you know, um, still trying to bring that awareness back to it because, like you were saying, the – Ice Bucket Challenger brought really good awareness and then sort of um, sort of not been the thing for a little bit, but now baseball's bringing it back. Well, not Ice Bucket Challenge, but they're bringing it back more race, uh, more awareness towards Lou Gehrig's disease. And in ALS, it's called, like, by that, actually. Um, yeah, it's really nice to see what they're doing with that. And calendar, uh, they break it up in the calendar kind of nice because they have Jackie Robinson Day, April 15th. And then Roberto Clemente days until like the end of the season at September 9th. So it's like, okay, June 2nd, that's like a good like little middle ground. So I like that. Well, I read somewhere that that's actually when he uh, pulled himself out of the first game, out of that game. The, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But like, I don't know. I like having that on like the baseball calendar. It's kind of like we have like these three holidays that are about oh, equally yeah. spaced out from each other, you know? Yeah. 
I would like to see them use weird number four all um like Lee not just a patch. It'd be kind of cool seeing that. And Roberto Clemente, I would love to see the number twenty one on there on everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, do you have anything right. else? Uh, I think that's all I got for us today. All right, sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Inside Heater Podcast. My name is Elijah once again, along with my host. Sutton. Sutton. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's good morning, good afternoon, and good night. You've been listening to Inside Inside Heater Podcast. We're signing off.